Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Welcome, friends and family and um, first-time viewers. I'm so humbled to be before you today. Um, Our pastor, Dwayne Wright, is currently in Uganda. He is on a mission trip for about three and a half weeks. So um, I'm I'm happy to fill in for him. My name is Daniel Torres. I'm a minister in training here. Um, So for the last couple of weeks, we've been speaking about, well, first PD, Pastor Dwayne, and then me, we've been speaking about the five priorities of life. The five priorities of life. So the first priority, I'm just going to go over for you real quick. The first priority was give the word first place in your life. The second priority was give yourself to prayer. So give the word first place in your life is the first one. The second one is give yourself to prayer. The third being live the word, be a doer. Don't just give the word first place in your life and pray, but make sure that you're obedient to the word that you're giving first place to. The fourth one, which I covered last week, was valuing relationships and maintaining healthy ones. God exists in relationships, and he puts a high premium on relationships, and so should we. Today, I will present to you the fifth and final priority, which is maximizing your time. Maximizing your time. Before we get into the word, I just want to dive into some prayer real quick. So wherever you are viewing this, whether you're sitting somewhere, just bow your head, close your eyes. Lift your hands and be ready to receive from the Holy Spirit. Dear Father God, we come before you. We're so thankful, Father. We're so thankful for this day. We're so thankful to be be here, wherever we are, just living, breathing, being able to hear your word, being able to sit under the presence of and the power of scriptures, Father God. I'm so humbled myself as as a servant, Father God. I'm, I'm so grateful and so humble to be a servant. I thank you that I speak as the very oracles of God and I serve with the strength that God provides. I thank you, Father God, that through your spirit, you've given us access to pure revelation, pure, undefiled revelation from your word. So we yoke ourselves to the spirit right now. So we have eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive, and our mind is we have the mind of Christ. So we yoke ourselves to your spirit. We yoke ourselves to your word right now, Father God, so that we may sit under the inspired word and be fed and edified and built up into the image of Jesus Christ. We're so grateful, Father God. We're so grateful that you would give us your Holy Spirit, which leads us into all truth and understanding, which opens the eyes of our hearts so we may know you, Father. We want to know you, O Lord. So we thank you for your Holy Spirit that makes those mysteries of your word manifest to our minds and manifest to our spirits. I thank you, Father God, that belly, that, that rivers of living water flow forth from my belly. I thank you that crooked paths are made straight. I thank you that people are delivered from stress, restlessness, anxiety. I thank you that you've anointed me to preach this word and you've anointed me to serve, even as Stephen served with power. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Smith Wigglesworth, one of my favorite favorite ministers of all times, when they asked him what he would like to do in the service, it was a big convention, and he said, if there's only one thing I can do, I would like to pray. That, that's, that's the place we got to put prayer in, you know, uh, it's so, so important, so powerful. Um, so like I said, we're talking about maximizing your time, maximizing your time. 
So you go back to Genesis 1.1, and it says, in the beginning, God said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God said, let there be light, right? So you have God creating things within the framework of time. God started time. God is not in time. He's outside of time. He started time. He, he created time. And, and he created time for a reason, right? It's important, actually, because if you go down to Genesis 1.14, just a couple verses down, it says he also created the sun, the moon, and the stars so that man could mark the signs and seasons and for days and years. So we see that God has always wanted man to be mindful of time. I, I, it's so crazy I have to say this. I've recently run into people, I would say within the last year or two, that say that like time isn't real. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but there's some people that really say time isn't real. They say like time is like this, this man-made construct. So if you believe that, I am not addressing you. This is for us regular people uh, um, that realize that this, you know, we're not in that reality. We just haven't reached there yet. So this is for everybody else. Um, and, and so you see, like, time is such a phenomenal thought process to me. Um, but, you know, anyway, so God created time. He created the sun, the moon, the stars so that we can mark our season, so that we can be mindful of what's going on, when it's going on. And we thank God for that. So if God has created a situation where we are to be mindful of time, that means we must pay attention. I'm going to give you two main reasons why we need to be mindful of time. Turn, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 24, verse 36 through 44. Matthew 24, verse 36 through 44. Um, this, this, you know, I, you know how before... Joel Osteen preaches his message. He says, this is my Bible. I can have. And he goes on through this thing. Now, it's not that he's doing that just because it's cool or it sounds good. But he's doing this because he found out something that we should all find out as believers, right? It says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. So when you say something enough, you're going to believe it. So when you get this Bible, turn the page to Matthew 24, verse 36 through 44. And it says, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the son, but the father only. For as were the days of Noah, so they will be eating, so will be the coming of the son of man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the son of man. I'm sorry, that's just verse 39 I'm going to read to. Oh, yeah, verse 39 I'm going to read to. So the first reason why we need to maximize our time and be mindful of time is because Jesus is coming back. Without a doubt, Jesus is coming back. Without any doubt in my mind, without any doubt in your mind, you need to be aware that Jesus is coming back. Every day that we live, every breath that we breathe, is one more closer to the return of Jesus Christ. This is good news. Jesus is coming back. He's, you know, and for, for some people, it won't be good news. But for us, Jesus is coming back so that he, we could be caught up with him, that we could be in eternity with him, so we could see him face to face, so we can know him even as we're fully known. That's good news. Amen? Now, the second reason that you need to be mindful of time, let's go to Psalms 39, verse 4 and 5. Psalms 39, verse 4 and 5. This is the psalmist, and he says, 
O Lord, make me known my end, and what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few hand breaths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. The second reason that we need to be mindful of our time and maximize it is because life is too short to not live it to the fullest. Life is just far too short to not live it as a fullest. Anybody, whatever age you're at that you're listening to this, you can look back to the time where you were 12 or 10. I'm 27. So when you were 12 or 10 or, or 5 and you'd be like, it really just seemed like it was yesterday. Things just flew, flew by, flew by. I mean, time just flies and flies and flies and flies by and we're busy doing this and we're busy doing that. And by the time we look up, so much time has passed and we, have, we realize that we haven't really been enjoying life. We've just been too busy trying to do, 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 do. Life is just too short to, be do, to do that. Life is just way too short. So these are the four ways that I believe the word, or four, four ways where I believe the word says that you can maximize your time. If you have a notebook or iPad, wherever it may be, you might want to write these down. The first way is to work in faith. Work in faith. The second way is one of my favorites, and it's to get some sleep. Get some sleep. How many need some sleep? <laughs> How many need to get a nice, nice night of sleep? Amen. The third one is wait with expectancy. Wait with expectancy. And the last one and fourth one is enjoy everyday life. Yes, I said it. Enjoy everyday life. God has definitely made a way, which I'll get into later, of how we can enjoy everyday life. So we're going to start with work and faith. Turn with me to James 4. Turn with me to James 4, please. We're going to go to verses 13 through 17. James 4, verse 13 through 17. We thank God for the word. Um, it, it says in Psalms 119 that the unfolding of God's word brings light, right? So th there's, 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 there's layers in God's word. There's levels of God's word. And the more that the Holy Spirit reveals it and unfolds it to us, the more light we have to walk in. Amen? So James 4, 13, verse 17 says, Come now, you who say, today and tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. The bottom line is that we make way too many plans in our life without consulting God first. We make way too many plans without consulting God. You know, we, we get ideas, we see something, we, we, we look at jobs, and we just wake up and say, you know what, we're going to go for that. That's what we're going to, we're going to go do this, and we're going to go do that, and, and I'm planning a vacation in, in eight months, and, and vacations aren't bad, plans aren't bad, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying that when you do things without consulting God, don't expect everything to run so smoothly. I seen this Facebook post the other day. It, 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 it kind of like threw me off. And it was like, a, it was like a, a stick figure guy. And basically, it was like my plan. And there was like a straight line to the, a goal. And then it was like God's plan. And then it was all these treacherous ditches and high walls and like barbed wire fences to climb. And, and, and I was looking at it like, I, 
It's actually the exact opposite. <laughs> you know, we make plans without consulting God. Now we're in an obstacle course. But it says that God straightens the crooked paths. God orders man's steps. God establishes his plans, right, when the hearts are committed to him. So, so God is not out here to make your journey through life more difficult so you can have more faith. That, that is not the way it works. What happens is we think, you know what, since it's about doing, this, like, you know, since it's about making money or since it's about doing this or since it's about advancing my life, it must be God. Now, as a Christian, I will tell you that you are not always to follow your heart. People are always like, oh, just follow your heart. As a Christian, you're not led by your heart. You're led by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Amen? You are not to follow your heart. It says in Jeremiah 9 that the heart is deceitfully wicked above all, above all else who can know it. And even though in Ezekiel it promises that we'll get a new heart and new flesh, a new heart of flesh, that, that heart is intended to be responsive to God, not to make its own decisions, but to rely on God for decisions and be able to follow God's choices and to be able to obey God. That's what the new heart is for. So we thank God for that new heart, but we don't make decisions based off our heart or based off how we feel or based off what we see or based off if something even sounds like a good idea. James 4 is telling us we need to make decisions based off what God says to do. As a matter of fact, when you read verse 15, it says, if the Lord wills, we will. That needs to be our mindset. If the Lord wills, we will. If the Lord wills, I will do such and such. That needs to be our mindset. This is the mindset of Jesus, right? He said, I, I don't say anything. I don't do anything that I haven't seen my father do or, or heard him say. I don't, I, whatever my father, I see my father do and say is exactly what I'm going to do and say. I, I'm about my father's business. James 4 is telling us that this is, needs to be our mindset. Our number one plan to, for, to that, we, that we pour our time into is to seek God's will for our lives, to, to, to know what God wants from us. And then to, to strive to do it. And yes, he strengthens us through his grace. And yes, he's given us the word. And yes, he quickens us through his spirit. But that doesn't, make it, that doesn't mean that we, we, we don't have to be diligent and disciplined in order to follow God. Amen. In Ephesians 2, verse 10, it says that we are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus. Right? We're created in Christ Jesus to do the work, the good works that he's planned for us. So God has, has, has hand-selected you, molded you throughout your life, given you the disposition that he's given you, given you the heart that he's given you, given you the mind. And, and, even, and even though our experiences aren't all the time the way that God wants them, amen, right? Like God is not the cause uh, of, of me going to prison, right? I made a choice. It didn't have to go down like that. God is not the cause of your father if he left your life. That's not God. Right? But God takes those things and, and, and creates you and makes you and, and equips you and prepares you for these good works he's called you to do. I don't know about you, but for me, I want every good thing God has for me, including the good works. Amen? Every good thing that God has planned for me, I want to walk in that. God has some good works for you to do. God has good works for you to do. You go to Hebrews 12, too, and I'm so happy I learned this. It says that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. So this tells me that if God did not authorize it, he's not obligated to finish it. But the, the reverse is true. 
if God started it, he will surely see you through. He'll surely give you the provision, the strength, the material, the people and connections that you need in order for you to see it through. So if you're going to start something, make sure you consult God first. If you're going to go for a new job, if you're going to move, don't move because it costs too much. That means you're not trusting on God to be your provider. Don't move because you don't like your neighbors. Go and love your neighbors. Maybe they'll change through the love of Jesus Christ that you show them. You don't move just because I don't like the weather. Right? You move or you take a you, you or choose a job because you know that this is the steps that God wants you to make. You before any major decision in your life, I'm not talking about eating breakfast or anything, but before any major decision you make in your life that's gonna affect you, you always should consult God. Amen. James 4:17 says, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Romans 14:23 says. That whoever does whatever is not of faith is sin. So whoever knows to do the right thing and doesn't do it, it is sin. And whatever is not of faith is sin. When you put these verses together, you find that the right thing to do is always to be done in faith. And the faith thing to do is always the right thing to do. And that's just a good rule of thumb. If it takes you in, to, to be in faith and to, and to follow God and to rely on God, that's something that you want to do. But if you could just go out and do it by yourself and you don't need God for it, then you're doing things by yourself. You go on your own way. And don't be super surprised if you run into some obstacles, like the little obstacle course guy that I've seen. Um, but this, this just naturally leads into the next point I, I, I want to go into, the next way to maximize your time. And that's for you to get some sleep. Get some sleep. So I, I'll be honest with you, I, I really recently have been struggling with this specifically. Um, usually I, I really sleep a lot. <laughs> I'm like, I, I go to sleep real easily and stuff like that. But quite recently, my sleep schedule has been thrown off. Um, and it's 100% my fault. I, I'll admit to it. I started reading these comic books <laughs> at night because that's the only time I had to read and I'd be staying up. But that's neither here nor there. I'm telling on myself. Um, turn to Psalms 127, verse 1 and 2 for me. Psalms 127, verse 1 and 2. Get some sleep. Yeah. How many people could use a good night of sleep? If that's you, right where you're sitting at, just say amen. Good, it's nothing like a good night of sleep. Nothing like a good night of sleep. I remember sometimes I sleep so hard that I wake up and I forget where I am. <laughs> I start like looking around because like, I just forget where I am because I just slept so hard. Um, Psalms 127 verse 1 and 2. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city... The watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go, to, and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives, his, he gives to his beloved sleep. Sleep, and this is, this is so simple, so beautiful. Sleep is a gift from God to those he loves. God loves, 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 loves when his people get some sleep. Isn't that great news? God loves when his people get some sleep. He loves it. And, and if you're not sleeping, you're missing out on one of God's gifts. Now, no Christian in the right mind would just say, oh, I want to continue missing out on God's gifts. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above and who there is no variableness or, or changing a shadow. So we know from this scripture that sleep is a good gift from God. Amen. John Piper writes in his devotional Taste and See. He said that every time we sleep, 
we're reminded of how dependent we are on God. Right? Because your body shuts down, you're in bed, your mind shuts down to a state. And guess what? Even though you don't want to believe this, the world is still turning. <laughs> Gravity is still in effect. The laws of nature are still in motion, right? Even though, you know, you're sleeping and, you know, in our minds, we, we got to do everything in order for life to work. When you're asleep, God is still in control. God is still working on your behalf. God is still ordering things in your life. Sometimes when you sacrifice sleep a lot, it's really a sign of you not trusting God to do what he said he'll do. Right? It says that the builders build in vain unless the Lord builds it. So if you think that God needs your help right, to do what he said he'll do in your life, that you don't have to sleep, that's in direct violation. That's you taking the trust and reliance off God and relying on yourself. Now, don't get me wrong. God does need your cooperation. Let's, let's not, you know, you, know that you can't sit around and be like, oh, well, Daniel said I could sleep. And you just want to sleep all day. You just sleep. I, the Lord is going to pay my bills while I'm asleep. The Lord is going, he's going to bless me abundantly because I'm resting in the gift of sleep. You will lose your job. You will lose your house. You might lose your wife. Yeah, I mean, don't, don't do it, right? Like, the Lord still needs your cooperation. As a matter of fact, I started with work and faith because God loves diligent people. He loves diligent people. He can't do nothing with a lazy person, right? So you definitely want to work in faith, but you don't want to overwork yourself to the point where you're relying on yourself. You want to take this gift of God, which he says is sleep, and you want, and you want to, if you want to go to sleep. My, uh, Pastor Dwayne, right, I was just with him this past weekend, and he was um, preaching in, in um, Pennsylvania before he went to uh, Uganda. And he said, according to Psalms 2021, that God does not slumber nor sleep so that we can. Amen. I mean, there's no point in both of us being up, right? <laughs> like, if God's going to stay up all night and he ain't never going to get no sleep, Guess what? I, I'm gonna get some sleep because I need sleep. Now, I, I just recently, like I said, I recently been struggling, I, and I got convicted on this because I was staying up. There was a couple weeks ago, I stayed up praying before church because this is usually what I do. It's my my custom to stay up and pray the night before church. I, and and I knew the Holy Spirit told me go to bed, but because I was like, no, I, I'm gonna pray. There's no that's the devil, right? The, the God will never tell me to go to bed. I gotta pray. I gotta pray. I gotta pray. And I stayed up and prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I finally went to sleep real late. Woke up a couple hours later, got ready for church, and I had the worst church service of my life. I, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't sense the move of God while I was there. I, I mean, I couldn't pay attention during the service. I was cranky. People kept asking me what was wrong with me. And I, I, I got home, and I was mad. And I said, Lord, I stayed up all night for what? I stayed up all night praying for what? And he was like, I didn't want you to stay up. I wanted you to go to sleep. Then led me to this verse. Right? Sleep is a gift from God. And we should treat it as such. We should treat it as such. In Psalm 16, verse 7, it says that the Lord, even at night, my heart will instruct me. Even at night, my heart will instruct me. So you go through scriptures and you see that there are times where, where, people, where God spoke to people in dreams. God's given people direction and vision while they were asleep. Right? Now, I'm not saying we're led by dreams, nor am I saying that we go to sleep to get direction from God. What I'm saying is that there is a time when you're rested because, you know, your spirit's alive. Your spirit is always awake. Even if your mind is shut down, your spirit is still active. 
where God will speak to your spirit in your sleep and direct you in the way you should go. To give you a dream about what you should do. Now, this isn't something that we chase, but it's what the Bible is. You know, we have examples in the Bible and we know that this does happen. And according to this verse, it says that even at night, my heart will instruct me. So you, you sleep for two. One, it's a gift from God. Two, you need it. And three, you might miss out on something that God has for you if you don't. Now, people like to think that there's no way that this is maximizing your time. Because if I'm sleeping, it's like I'm wasting time. Listen, you get way more done when you're rested when you're trying to go on an empty tank. When you're trying to go on an empty tank, you're prone to make mistakes. You're prone to not finish. You're prone to be emotional, make emotional decisions. Right? You need sleep, not just spiritually, but you need sleep naturally. If you, you know, I, I've actually done it before back when I was in the world. And this is, this is how I know. I know sleep is a gift from God because my wife can tell you there was a time where I could not sleep. I was so stressed out that I could not sleep. I was going through so much in my life, so much anxiety, so much turmoil, so much uh, uh, oppression that I could not sleep. I would be begging for sleep and I couldn't sleep. And I would get sleep deprived. After two days, three days, I'd get sleep deprived. I'd start seeing shadows. I'd start hearing things. I would literally start to lose my mind because I couldn't sleep. But I got saved. <laughs> I got filled with the Holy Spirit. God took away all my, my turmoil. He took away all my depression. He took away all my anxiety. And I was able to sleep. Now I love sleep. <laughs> I'm going to go get me some sleep. <laughs> Amen. And, and, I, and, I, and I'll even tell you this right now. There, there, are, there are some people who the devil has lied to you and told you that you, you can't afford to sleep. You won't be able to, to get your business to where it needs to go if you don't sleep. There are some people who, when you try to go to sleep, you, you're afraid to go to sleep because that's when the devil tor torments you. He tries to come at you at nighttime with dreams and, and uncomfortable emotions. And, and I'll tell you right now, because you have one, Psalms 127.2 as a promise from God that he gives his love, his beloved sleep, you can sleep peacefully tonight and every other night for the rest of your life. You take this promise of God. You say, you know what? I'm loved by God. God gives his beloved sleep. Therefore, I'm going to have some peaceful sleep tonight. And you stand, your, you stand your ground on Psalms 127 and you accept the peace of God to put you to rest tonight. Amen. Now, listen, you know the devil going to come to test your, your confession. So you go on and play some music, laugh at him. Claim Psalms 127, thank God for the gift of sleep, and you sleep peacefully tonight. Amen? Okay, now this leads to my next point, and it's wait with expectancy. Wait with expectancy. Turn with me to Matthew 25, please. Matthew 25. I hope you guys are getting something out of this. I know I am. Um, I'm so, so mind-blown every time I get to stand here and serve. Uh, you guys and get to serve the body of Christ by, by preaching the word, man. There's nothing like it. Uh, I'm grateful to God. I'm grateful to God. Matthew 25, 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry, here is the bridegroom. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. 
But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy them for yourself. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other versions came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you, you know neither the day nor the hour. Like I said, Jesus is coming back. As sure as you hear the sound of my voice and as sure as you are where you are, Jesus is coming back. We know this. Jesus, and this is a great thing, but Jesus is for surely coming back. Amen. Wise people are always prepared for the return of Jesus. Right? You, can, you can claim that you know some stuff or that you've accomplished some stuff, but if you're not waiting expectantly for the return of Jesus, the Bible says you're not wise. Right? So these, the ten virgins, five were wise, five were foolish. Five had oil, the other five didn't. Five made it in. Five didn't. Now, what was the difference between the versions? It wasn't that they both didn't fall asleep. Because it says they, both, they all became, all 10 of them became drowsy and slept. All 10 of them. All 10 flesh had failed them. All 10 of them. The difference was the five wise versions, even though their flesh failed them, they had enough oil. They had enough oil because they were expecting the wedding. They were looking forward to it. They were looking forward to the wedding. So they, they made sure that they had oil. They didn't know when it was going to be called. So they made sure, sure, sure that they had enough oil to be prepared for this wedding. Turn with me to Matthew 5. Turn with me to Matthew 5, verse 14 through 16. And this is just in connection with that. It says, you are the light of the world. The city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine for others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Amen. Amen. The believers who are expectantly waiting for Christ to return are the ones through who the oil, the anointing of the Holy Spirit are letting their lives shine among men. They are hurrying the coming of the kingdom through their life. And even if they should fall, they have enough God, they have enough of Jesus, they want enough of God, they want enough of Jesus to get back up and continue and carry on what God called them to do. The, 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 Christianity is not a spectator sport. Christianity isn't something that you can just join and, and sit back and just wait. And just wait. And, and, and not do nothing, right? When, you, when you're called, when, when you give your life to Jesus, you, you enter a battlefield. And it's either you become victorious or you get taken out, right? The victorious believers are those who are coming of Christ. I, there have been, and I, I thank God for this, and there have been times where um, I, I've really not saying I know, because it says no man knows the, knows the day nor the hour. But I, I sensed it, that you know what, Jesus is coming soon. And to see Jesus, but to it pushes me, it urges me on, it encourages me to do good works for Christ. For Christ. Right, people who are looking forward to Jesus coming back, it says in 1 John 
um, three are purifying themselves just as right? carnal-minded Christians are not ready for the return of Jesus. I, but their minds are on earth. Their hearts are on earth. Their desires are of the flesh. All those things where their heart, minds, and desires at are going to be done away with. Watching and waiting and expecting Christ to crack the sky any moment that are urged to live for him more. Guard themselves from complacency. They guard themselves from backsliding. They make sure that they have enough oil, enough of the oil, that should they fall, they'll get back up and continue to pursue Jesus. Amen? And while you're waiting for the second return of Jesus Christ, how about we wait on some promises of God? How about we wait on some promises of God? Turn with me to Psalms 130. Psalms 130. But that's good, right? That's good. It says that we've hid, we've hid God's word in our heart so we may not sin against him. It says that his word is into our path. It's the word. We love the word, right? Amen. We love the word. We believe the word. We Word, we feed on the word. We love the word of God here at Kingdom Living Ministries. Amen. So Psalms 130, it says, O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. And these are the verses I want to focus on, five and six. I wait for the Lord, my soul, his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. He says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the morning more than watchmen for the morning. Amen. I'm here to tell you this today right now. Wait is a big, big faith move. It's a big faith move. Waiting takes a lot of faith. It is not you sitting around doing nothing. Waiting on God, like they said, you're being still and knowing God is God. As a matter of fact, if you're working in faith and you're sleeping in peace, then you can wait on God. Eligible to wait on God. Because you know that you know the word says that whatever you put your hands to is blessed. You're trusting God, his word and your life to perform it. So if, if things ever get too hectic, you can say, you know, I'm just gonna wait. I know. I'm going to wait on God. It's a big faith move. It's so underlooked. You know what I mean? People, people uh, uh, they, they correlate waiting. But waiting on God to, to fulfill his promise in your life isn't just you sitting around doing it. Trusting God to come through because he said he'll come through. Now, I understand when people say this. They say that if God doesn't do this, I'll still worship him for who he is. It, I, I, 
But the fact remains, the truth remains that God is faithful. God is faithful. That, 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 that's what God is all the time, faithful. So I know without a shadow of a doubt that there is. I know he's going to do this because he's faithful. Not because I necessarily am like, you know, I'm, I'm the best person in the world. So as a matter of fact, I would not serve a God who did not keep his word. Is <laughs> that 1 Peter 2.24 says that by his stripes I am healed, then I know God will heal me. Amen? Amen? I, I, says he gives beloved, his, his, to his beloved sleep. I know I can sleep at night. Amen? Because God's word is true. God formed reality with his words. God's words is the basis of reality. So everything you know to be true through your senses, God created with his words. So you're already relying on God's words without even knowing it. So you and you go into this Bible, and I'm, I'm telling you, you go into, while you're waiting on God, while you're waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ, and you're waiting on his word, this Bible, and you pick out promises. There's so many in the Bible. Just pick out promises and you confess them. You meditate on them. I guarantee you that you'll be so consumed with the promises of God that you won't have time to stress. Have anxiety. You're going to be so... Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I expect a miracle every single day of my life. Every single day of my life. I expect the Lord to speak to me every single day of my life. I expect joy every single day. Why? Because God, my mind is consumed with God's promises. Consumed with God's promises. Leave me or forsake me. I know the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. I, <laughs> I know the joy of the Lord is my strength. I know I can do I know that nothing can separate me from the love of God. My mind just, just focuses and I speak the confession. Oh, the greater one lives inside of me. In every situation, I win every time. Jesus Christ is leading me as a captive triumphantly into every situation I walk into. Favor like a shield. Everywhere I go, when I go to Dunkin' Donuts, they're going to give me coffee for free. I have favor. All day long. <laughs> when, you, when you're seeking the, the promises of God. And then once you, know, once you study something enough and you put your mind on something enough, um, it's happened before where I'm believing God for something and uh, the enemy will come. Deserve that. You don't, you don't deserve that for you. And maybe the first couple of times, well, actually for a long time in my life, I didn't believe the promises of God, actually. I allowed the enemy and beat me down and wear me out. <clears throat> but once I grasp hold of them promises, man, the enemy come, try to tell me anything. Don't you got something better to do? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, this, this is the wrong place. And I start, I mean, the, the other day, actually, I was just, and I was feeling real down. And I, I was just walking down the street, and what did I do? I felt, that, I felt some sort of uh, spiritual exhaustion coming. Absolutely not. And I know it happened to Elijah in the Bible, but Elijah didn't have the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit. I have the Start preaching to my soul, preaching the gospel to my soul. And I came back home, I felt great. Amen. You, 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 while you're waiting, 
there's actually a promise for you, right? And this promise is only for those who wait. Turn with me to Isaiah 40, verse 20. Scripture. They made songs about it and everything. This is a very famous scripture. But it's only for those who wait. Not those who God, who decide to put their trust in God, who decide to fix their mind on the promises of God. So much so that you can't wait and be anxious at the same time. <laughs> you can't wait and be anxious at the same time. As a matter of fact, say they, and there are some people who suffer from anxiety. So I do understand that. I used to get panic attacks when I was in high school, a little bit after high school. But the Bible says, the Bible tells us that we have the peace of God in our lives. He's left us peace. So if you, if you do suffer from anxiety or you don't do suffer from nerves or nervousness, see everywhere where it says that you can have peace. And you speak those things out of your mouth because death and life is in the power of the tongue. And, and before you know it, the anxiety will be long gone. Amen. I, I thank you, Father God, for anxiety and, and struggling with nervousness, Father God. I thank you that even right now as I pray, I thank you that your peace flood, the peace floods their mind and their hearts, Father God. I thank you that you confirm that you want peace for them while I pray. So they can go seek the promise and apply it to their lives and receive it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Now, where was I? Okay, Psalms 47-31. It says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Heard? The Lord is everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is that we can wait on him. He don't get tired. He knows what's going on. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the promise of those who wait on God. Not spreading about every situation. Not the ones who are speaking doubt and unbelief into their situation. Not the ones who are, oh God, I'm not worthy enough for God. And I, these are those, this promise is those for those who, who wait on the Lord. No. I am loved of God. God is my provider. God, God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Wait in the love and, the, and in faith and in patience. Amen. The last point, I'm running out of time. Everyday life. I said it before, I meant what I said. Enjoy every, you can enjoy every life. I'm not saying that trials won't come according to the scriptures, John 16, 33. Of course, trials will come. But what I'm saying is that you can life. You can be walking on top of the trials every day of your life. Moon walking, no matter what kind of walk you want to do, but you could be walking on top of me. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 3, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 13. This is one of the more famous, I think people love it for its poetic, the way it sounds, it sounds very poetic. Um, I'm going to read it. It says, for every matter under heaven, 
a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the busyness of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that every pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. I want to just debunk. Not every season that you're going through in your life is caused by God. That, right? Oh, this is just a a season of struggle for me, you know, but God's going to see me through. Really. Say to that. A lot of times, you'll find yourself in a storm because you were disobedient. It ain't have to go down like that. <laughs> like that. God gave you, because it, it says that God's a, a, a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. So if you're, why is she going to throw a life-threatening or a financially threatening or a family-threatening storm your way? It, does, it, it just doesn't. For every good and perfect gift is from God. Sickness is not good. I don't care which way you cut it. Some people are like, it's good because it brings everywhere who come closer to God without being sick. Right? Now, sickness may, may, may make you realize your reliance on God more than realize their reliance on God. Right? So not, every, oh, I'm in, I'm in a season of struggle. Pray for me. Talking to people, and I just got to keep on keeping on. Sometimes the way to get out of the storm is just to repent. And be obedient. It, it ain't have to go down like that. I, I, I can't say it enough. <laughs> and um, so that being has made seasons though. Right now, now, I'm not talking about seasons of disobedience now. <laughs> I'm talking about that God has, you know, you go to Genesis 1. Going and harvesting. Um, he, there was a time where he told the Israelites that they needed to go to war, right? However, if you go to the New Testament, right, Second. Ephesians 6 says we wrestle not with flesh and blood. So there's, you know, now it's different people in the military, but I'm just talking about us, you know, everyday, regular civilian people. Got to go to war with somebody and beat them up, right? So, but God has made seasons for things. And, and it's very important that what it is, you have to be content. You have to be content. Listen, I was in prison. you always smiling. Like why? Like people would, I would get on people's nerves because I. It's like <laughs> it's like I woke up and I'd come out of my room. I grab me some coffee. I'm like, hey, yo, what's good? <laughs> morning, fellas. Morning, fellas. How you? Ha <laughs> That's what's up. I was the baby. All right, cool. And I go into my every morning. I was like that. <laughs> it would get on people's nerves. Like, yo, you just gotta shut up. They're happy like you, so <laughs> please be quiet. So I'm like, all right, I, I get it. <laughs> but 
you know, when you yoke yourself to when you yoke yourself to Jesus, it says in John 10:10 10, 10 that he's he wants to give you life. You can walk so close with Jesus that you experience that abundant life every day. And I believe that's God's will for every Christian. Just come and things, you know, try you and try your patience and try your, your peace. But God has given, by walking close with Jesus, and support to overcome these things. To overcome these things. God wants us to enjoy our lives. It says it right Everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. For this is God's gift to man. Pleasure, fun, having a good time. Now, on the counterpart, having fun in your sin is not a gift from God. Right? One thing about he's little. Right? That's why you got to keep doing it. <laughs> That's the only reason you got to keep doing it. Like, for, like still kill and destroy. I have come to give life and life more abundantly. Let me tell you something. Us, us who have tried Jesus, nothing else. <laughs> we stopped. <laughs> you know, people who are in sin, they got to try different, or they got to keep doing what they're doing in order to get the result. By Jesus, we know that we've partaken of the living bread where we'll never hunger again, and the living water will never thirst again. <laughs> We're not doing it. You know, and, 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 and Jesus wants to be in your life, and Jesus wants you're always full. You're always satisfied. You're always overflowing with joy. You're always overflowing with peace. That's the abundant life. More than enough, more than enough peace, more than enough strength, and that's God's will for every believer. Amen? Amen. So I'm just going to, uh, I'm about to close. Steps to maximize your time. Seek God for direction. It's God who will order your steps and establish your ways. He's never wasting time. Seeking time is never wasting time. The second one is do something. Got something to work with. Our pastor likes to say, put your natural on it, and God will put his supernatural on it. Do something with yourself. Let your decision, the, 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 the fear of doing the wrong thing stagnate you. Don't let it happen. For, for, for us, if we make a decision in faith and it ends up being wrong. It, there's grace for that. There is no grace for laziness. It's just not there, right? The third one, go to bed. I want everybody who's looking at me right now to go on and have a great night of sleep tonight. I'm talking about you go up in that bed and you be drooling and you be snoring in your sleep. You go and have the best sleep of your life tonight. You take that gift from God, uh, mentioned in Psalms 127. Long, you just claim it. Oh, I'm going to have some good sleep tonight. God loves me. I know I'm going to have me some good sleep tonight. And if you've been struggling with sleep, take that and say it more. Get some sleep tonight. Go on, get some sleep. I'm going to get some sleep after this. Um, the fourth thing, wait on God's promise. Don't get tired of waiting on God's promises. In uh, Galatians 6, it says, don't get weary in doing good. It's good to wait on God. To wait on God. So wait on God's promises. Pray for the Lord's return. That's my fifth point. Pray for the Lord's return. The more you pray for the Lord's return, the more you'll be looking forward to it. The more your heart will be searching for Jesus to come back. 
Lord's return, the more busy with doing those God, good works God prepared for you, you're going to get. So pray for the Lord's return. It always starts with prayer. You know, it starts with the word and prayer. And that becomes the disposition of your heart. So pray for the Lord's return. And the sixth one is one of my favorites. Have some fun. Live a Contentment is getting the best in most out of every situation. Have some fun. Live a little bit. We're Christians. We don't got to be uptight. We just just seen in Ecclesiastes that pleasure and fun and good is, is a gift from God. Don't be so uptight. Live a little bit. Relax. Have some fun. Now don't now don't live now. Listen. To have some fun. I'm talking about some good Christian Jesus fun. I ain't <laughs> not that fun you used to have before you fun no more, right? So I, you know. I'm not talking about, you know, you at the bar like, oh, I'm getting drunk with wine and filled with the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about have some good Christian fun. Go to a concert. Enjoy your family. Go, to me, church is fun, right? So, I mean, whatever it is that, you know, you do for fun that, that is sanctified. Because you remember, like, if you can't do it with Jesus next to you, don't do it. <laughs> right? Like, if, 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 if you start dancing and you're like, wait, would Jesus be cool with me how I'm dancing right now? And he's not? Stop. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father God. Oh, we worship you, God. We thank you for your word. Mm. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Oh, God, we thank you. We thank you. For those who um, are watching, and um, maybe, maybe you, you, you heard me talk and you said, I don't, I don't know who this Jesus is. I've heard of this Jesus. Um, I see movies of this Jesus, but I, I don't know who this Jesus is. Let me tell you something. Everybody, everybody, everybody in this world, Jesus died for them. Jesus is the answer for everybody. There, there, there's no sin too dark. There's no life too deep that the blood of Jesus doesn't reach down and grab hold of and rescue. I've seen, I've seen it. I've seen the love of Jesus. I've seen the love of Jesus. And I know it's for you if you've never received him. It says that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God rose Christ from the dead, then we'll be saved. We'll be saved. So if that's you and you want to give your life to Christ, repeat this prayer after me. Dear Father God, thank you. Thank you for, 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 for letting me hear about this, this, this man, Jesus. Thank you for letting me hear about this man, Jesus. I want him. I feel a tug on my heart. I'm tired of living the way I am. I'm tired of being burdened with these thoughts, and I'm tired of being condemned with these thoughts. I need Jesus. I call on him right now. I call on the name of Jesus to save me from my sins. I admit that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. So I call on the name of Jesus to be saved. I believe that you rose him from the dead, and I confess him as Lord of my, not just Savior of my life, but Lord of my life from this moment forward. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Welcome to the family of heaven. There's a big, 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 big party like you've never seen before going on in heaven right now. The angels are rejoicing. There's trumpets, and there's stars flying all over the place, and we're just so very grateful if you made that decision. Um, if you've made that decision, and you would like some more information, 
You can go on our website at uh, kingdomlivingnj.org. Once again, that's kingdomlivingnj.org. Or you can call... Oh, you can go on our Instagram at kingdomlivingnj.org. You can go on our Twitter at kingdomlivingnj.org. Okay. Or our Facebook at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can visit our website as well, and uh, we definitely get some information to you. Um, Now, as I close out, if this sermon has blessed you and you've enjoyed it and um you, you know you don't have to you don't have to but if you feel compelled to give if you feel compelled to to send a seed and sow a seed I can promise you that we're good ground we're we're solely uh, uh focused on advancing the kingdom of God we're, we're you know we 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 want to help the needy and, and we want to give glory and honor to God here at Kingdom Living Ministry so we're good ground so if you want to give you there's multiple ways to give you can text KLM to 833-245-7413. Once again, that's text KLM to 833-245-7413. I believe that's PushPay. You can cash app us at money sign KLMNJ, money sign KLMNJ. If you're still living in the late 80s and early 90s, you can mail checks to P.O. Box 519 at Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. Once again, that's P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey. 08073, make the checks payable to KLM. So I want you to enjoy the rest of your day. I want you to claim the promises of God. I want, I want this message to encourage you to be strong throughout your week. Um, and before, you know, as I let you go, Father God, just thank you. I thank you for your people, Father God. I, th- I thank you for their lives, Father God. I thank you for their job. I thank you for their families. I thank you that you're so concerned, Father God, that you don't miss anything in our lives. I thank you that any moment we need strength this week, we can just call on your name and your supplies for strength. Any moment we need peace this week, Father God, we can cry out to Jesus and we can receive peace. Go forth this week, uh, believers. Go forth this week in victory. Go forth this week in joy. And um, it was my pleasure. Have a great day. God bless. That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.